0: Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. So you found a practice that you love, a mentor you really admire and an opportunity that you just don't want to miss out on. So then what do you do now to go about landing that position and what kind of things can you do to make sure that you're the one? Welcome back to What I Wish I Knew, my name's Erica, and you all know me from popping my head in here and there on the features, but this is my very first interview that I'm doing all by myself. If you haven't already, have a listen to the short teaser I did with Graham where we introduce ourselves and ask each other some fun and silly questions so that hopefully you guys can get to know us as well. So this episode is part one of a three part grad series I did with Dr. Jeff Ko. David did a much longer interview with Dr. Jeff earlier in the year, I think it's number 53, where he talks about Dr. Jeff's journey and his company, Australian Hands-On Courses. And so I thought it'd be really nice to invite Dr. Jeff back to talk to us about all things surrounding graduation, job hunting, and how to be that ideal candidate. And I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. And so let's jump into it. In this episode, Dr. Jeff shares his golden tips on how to make that stellar first impression, how to really stand out, and the art of persistence. We begin this conversation talking about the importance of not just communicating, but properly connecting with people and ways that we can get better at it in a world where sometimes we can be so disconnected.
1: How to be the ideal candidate. This is is the, the secret. This is the lowdown. This is what Employers want. Are you ready for
0: this, Erica? I'm so ready for it.
1: <laughs> Everyone listening out there on podcast land, this is what every employer wants. They want a dentist who is great at communicating and not only just at communicating, but connecting. And there is a difference. The difference between communicating and connecting is that when you're communicating, you're merely passing on information. Just like what you do when you when you give informed consent to a patient, or when you give post-operative instructions to a patient after surgery, that's communicating. What owners and employees are looking for is a dentist who can connect. Now that is the higher level of communication because when you can connect with a patient, when can when you can connect with the team members around you, when you can connect with Uh, your employer, when you can connect with members uh, in the industry, then that means not only are you communicating, but you're able to build and foster that relationship. And that is what every employer is looking for.
0: And so do you think this is something that's innate or something that people can work towards like if you have someone that comes into a job interview you know how sometimes they say like oh you can tell within the first 2 seconds whether you like them or not do you think that's true do you think it's an innate thing
1: it is a it is a skill and an ability that can be learned 100% it is something that people are born with or some people have stronger skill sets in, in those particular areas to begin with However, if you get to this stage, fourth year or fifth year of of dental school, and you're not great at communicating, you're not strong in connecting, it's something that can be learned, absolutely. Now, where do you go for that? Everyone's asking, where do I go to learn how to connect with people? Many places, many, many places. One of the first books which is over my shoulder, in fact, I might have even given it away already, is, is the, the Bible of interpersonal relationships, which is Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. You must get that. Every single person listening out there right now, get your hands on that book because it is the absolute Bible of how to connect with people. So that's one. Number two, learn how to public speak. Get yourself to Toastmasters get yourself to National Speakers Association, both of um, whom I'm, I'm members of, and, and learn how to connect with people. Um, instead of connecting to people via social me- social media and putting your head down and using your two thumbs to connect with people on your on your iPhone, learn how to connect with people by talking and looking at them and sharing a drink, having a laugh. I mean, that skill... it's so sad to see that skill is is really lost these days, unfortunately, with with all the technology and social media around. But guess what? Dentistry, it's still a people game. You cannot practice dentistry with your patients by texting them. You must still see them face-to-face, live in person, and connect with them. So those... Those are the top tips I can share with you to begin this podcast.
0: That's so good. I wanted to show you, Dr. Jeff, that on my phone, um, this is currently what I'm listening to. (laughs) (laughs) it's my audio book for the month and it was exactly I've heard a lot of people talk about you know Dale Carnegie's uh, how to win friends and influence people and you mentioned it recently in that webinar you did with ADSA and I was just like I feel like this is it's it's a calling it's telling me I've got to get onto it it's really fascinating I think it brings up some really interesting points
1: what's the number one tip from that book surely the, the end of the first chapter come on you've heard it already
0: I listened to the, I think it was just the first chapter, but um, it was talking about, you know, not to criticize people. Yes, and that
1: correct. Yeah. Don't criticize, but what is what is what, the golden rule, the golden rule of connecting with people, Erica?
0: The golden rule? I guess appre- appreciation?
1: The golden rule that you must use every single appointment with your patient, Erica, is use the patient's name.
0: Oh, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard them mention that yet.
1: Oh, I think that's the first thing in his book. Is it? Use the other person's name.
0: I'm not up to it yet. Oh, have you just spoiled the book for me? Oh,
1: right. Oh, there's so many tips, right? Use their name. And I I take that one step further. And my golden rule for all my associates is that in every appointment, you must use the patient's name no less than three times in that appointment. Right? One at the start. So you might bring the patient in. You'll say, Erica, come on in. Lovely to meet you. You'll use the patient's name once in the middle of the appointment, say halfway through the procedure you might look down to the patient whilst you know they're lying supine and you say is everything going okay there Erica? Yes, yes, that's great. And then minimum once at the end. Thanks Erica for today. See you next time right So minimum three times.
0: I love that. I think it's it's true. It's something I've I've been told. I think someone said that to me a long time ago, and I guess they are alluding to this book. I haven't gotten to it yet, but they say that the sweetest word in the dictionary is someone's name, and it makes, it, it makes a huge difference because you feel acknowledged and you feel like you're actually a person, right, and you feel important.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, that's so good. And another golden nugget just to golden throw in nugget there. there
1: Erica. <laughs> Have you noticed I've used your
2: name like five times in the last 60 So
0: seconds? many times, <laughs> Dr. Jeff. I'm going to start calling you that a lot as well. <laughs>
2: As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country.
0: you exploring and emphasising the importance of communication. Was this something that you think you were always um, had a knack for or something that you kind of discovered over time?
1: No, I've I've really had to refine it. I've grown up with a mum who likes standing in front of an audience. So that was a bit of my upbringing. But growing up in that Asian household where you're supposed to be quiet, be really respectful. Don't say anything, keep your head down, do your homework. Don't speak out about anything. Uh, particularly where I grew up in the Gold Coast in the, in the early nineties and being totally outnumbered. I was like, I think I was the only Asian kid in the, all of the Gold Coast in the nineties. Um, and, <laughs> and looking around, everyone's tall and brash and can, can put their words together. Um, and English wasn't my first language so I've really had to work hard and work harder than everyone else to be able to to, to speak and to be able to um, become school captain in high school and and to win the votes of everyone else and then to become the the president of the UQ Students Association in fourth year and and you know it goes to show that yes you can have those excuses. Right? It's, you know, what I say, successful people have two things. It's called reasons or results. If you don't get the result, you don't get the outcome. There's always a reason for it. There's always an excuse you have. Oh, oh I didn't have this. I didn't have that. I didn't have enough time. If only, right. It's reasons or results. And so, you know, I, I, I got the results. Uh, I, you know, I went, I went for the school captain and I got it. I went for the UQDA president and I got it. I got the results, but I had to work a lot harder than everyone else. Um, and, and by going to Toastmasters and going to public speaking, uh, events and competitions, I was able to craft that skill. So, you know, if you're listening out there and thinking, oh, I can't put my words together, then it's something that you can learn by, by working on it. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. And so those are kind of all the things that we can do, like preparing, like, you know, becoming a better communicator by putting ourselves out there, reading these books and joining these different societies and opportunities to get better at talking. But I guess let's shift it towards now, okay, we're now in the midst of job hunting. We found a place, a clinic that where we really want to, to work for them. We really want to be a part of their team, right? How do you suggest go about now, like actually executing and making that first impression and being like, I am the candidate you want to hire. What do you think?
1: Great to bring that up. Two top tips that I share in, in, in my talks is, is one, you need to stand out. So you can stand out by doing two things. Number one, turn up to the clinic. Turn up to the clinic, dressed appropriately. If it's a city clinic, maybe it's a suit and tie or um, whatever's the equivalent for females. If it's uh, suburban practice, it may be no tie um, but still a suit. If it's out rural, maybe it's no suit and no tie and a pair of RM Williams. (laughs) But, uh, you know, you need to address appropriately and you need to turn up in person because nothing speaks more about your desire for the position than you taking time out and turning up in person, and actually having a meeting or coming at a time when you know that the hiring manager is there or whoever is doing the hiring. It could be the owner, it could be the practice manager, it could be HR. So you need to do your homework and find out mm-hmm. who that is and get there at a time when they're likely to be around so you can loiter around reception and be there with that golden resume and make that impression. And so that's number one, turn up in person, dress appropriately. And the second tip, as I said, you need to be memorable. But how do you be memorable? Give them a little gift, a little something. It could be small, like it could be a a three-pack of Raffaello's or Ferrero Rocher's with a little card just saying, thank you for taking the time to read or consider my application. That's it. It cost you $3 from Coles. And it's the thought that counts because... From my perspective, when there's 20, 30 applicants for one job or 40 or 50 and there's 30 resumes in my inbox, they all look the same except the one who turned up in person or except the one who delivered flowers or chocolate or something that made made that application really stand out. So that's my tip. If you're really keen on somewhere, you will do something memorable and be that purple cow.
0: Be the purple cow.
1: Now that's another book, Erica. It's Seth Godin, The mm-hmm. Purple Cow.
0: That'll be my book for next month then. <laughs> I love that. So for any of our listeners are listening, then the way to Dr. Jeff's heart is a box of Raffaello chocolates, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's 2021. We're used to cloud-based software, enhancing and optimizing every aspect of our lives. But what about something we use every day? dental practice management software now imagine something rethought from the ground up designed for intuitiveness leveraging the capabilities of today's technology something that optimizes our daily workflows and actually meets the changing needs of modern dentists to stay competitive and connected Principal practice management software is just this intelligent efficient and intuitive Because it's 2021 and you can expect something more. Go to principal.dental to learn more. I guess it's what they say about it's not just that one moment of handing in a resume or sending an email of a CV, like making a good impression is – it's like a building a connection with anyone, right? It's bit by bit. It's over time. It's in every little action and every little it's thing you do. It's being
1: persistent, Erica. Too many people do not get what they want in life because they give up at the first sign of struggle. They give up at the first rejection. I have had many times in my life in, in clinic and, and in business – whereby if I gave up the first time somebody said no, then you know, I wouldn't have anything that I have today because life's a struggle. And if you really want that job at that clinic, wherever that clinic is, and it's a no, well, there's no such thing as a no in my mind. There's, there's only delays. It's a no for now, but hey, you try and, and you, you go back again and you be persistent and, and you try another method to get in. You know if you really want to and and that's what life's about and and this is bigger than just tips for graduates. this is these are principles to live your life by to be successful. be persistent. don't take no for an answer. Go back again.
0: So would you say that if we're if we're really keen on a particular clinic and you apply the first time round and you're not successful, what would you say to that person who's dealt with rejection from a clinic that they really want?
1: Oh, then you, then one, you find out why. What was it about my application that didn't land that job? And you refine that. You fix that for next time. Because the thing is, these days, there's a lot of clinics wanting to hire people. And so if you get a no-now, if you go back in another month or two, clinic's still busy, they're probably looking for someone else. Or someone's left or someone's on maternity leave or someone is sick right you you need to be hanging around that place um you know and and opportunity is given to people who work hard life gives us luck people think oh you got all this because you're just lucky you know but you make your own luck you know you've got to be in the right place at the right time and knowing the right people and that's where connecting with people plays such a big part in success